I have to be delusional enough to think people are going to listen to this. It's thunderstorming outside. There's lightning. Hit me with it. Come on. How smart can you be when you have huge mantids? Okay, he, him. Go put your pronouns and go sit in the corner. I'll take care of this. It's just common sense. Why, hello there, Mr. Farmer. How you doing today? I'm doing good, commoner. How are you? I'm doing pretty darn good. Had a bright, sunny day. Kept my, my mood cheery. I just wish I had a beautiful garden to dig into on a sunny day like this, but maybe one day, maybe you could help me get there. So yeah. for those who are listening, who is Mr. Farmer and what brought you to the jungle? Uh, okay, Farmer is a guy who is just, um, I don't know, I guess I'm, I enjoy working outside. I've, I've worked outside all my life, you know, um, just, I enjoy the outdoors. And, uh, so after college, when I got a little bit older, I ended up moving out to some old family land, uh, some land that I used to play on when I grew up, you know, all growing up through uh, elementary school and high school, we would come up to this area and, you know, ride four wheelers and camp and hang out. And then uh, later on, you know, through high school and college, you know, I kind of quit coming out here and uh, I was from, I lived from a different area. So anyway, later on in life, I actually ended up moving to the same area just through work. And uh, I was renting a house in the city and I had Miss Farmer with me. And I kept bringing her out here to this land and she really liked it. She was like, this is awesome. Um, so then we decided to try to move out here and it just kind of worked out. We were able to um, build a, not a big house, build a, a decent sized house. My grandma kind of deeded me some of the land and uh, just a couple acres. And uh, so we moved out here about eight years ago. And, um, let's see around, uh, I think it was COVID really is when I started gardening before that, uh, Miss Farmer was into animals. She's a huge animal lover. So we, we started getting chickens and then she wanted goats. So I figured out how to build fences and sheds and barns and all kind of stuff for her animals. And it was good. It just kept on expanding. And then around COVID, you know, I had been playing around with gardens. My grandpa always had a garden and um, I used to help him and his. And so whenever we moved out here, I, I had a few small gardens, but I didn't really see the need because back then food was so cheap. You know, you spend all this time working and, and uh, grow this tomato and you can buy, you know, a whole bag for $4. So it, it never made sense. Well, then COVID hit and we were just kind of, everybody was spooked and we thought everything was going to go to hell in a handbasket. So I started getting um, more woke, I guess, you know, started looking into the organic foods and, mm. you know, learning about the pesticides in your food and all this. And so then I kind of started to see the um, value and maybe growing some of your own food. So I started taking it a little bit more serious and I got some, uh, pieces of equipment that would allow me to make a, a decent sized garden with a lot less effort. 
And uh, after that, I started just playing around and I just kind of really enjoyed it. You know, I really liked uh, trying to grow different um, plants, just all kind of different stuff. We started getting um, fruit trees and uh, the rest is history. Now I always have a garden. It is a lot of work, though. I'm not going to lie that um, in the middle of the summer, when it's 100 degrees outside, you know, you're definitely second guessing your uh, choices for sure. <laughs> but um, that is me in a nutshell. I found the uh, jungle, you know, I used to always have a Twitter account, but I was, I never had any followers. I was just a, a thread reader guy. And I always read uh, Cerno, like mm -hmm. that used to be all read almost. And he would retweet Bull. And before that, he would retweet, or somehow I found Wall Street Playboys, but I, I was, I'm, I'm older. So I didn't find Wall Street Playboys and Bull until I was way, way older in life. You know, a lot of these new guys, a lot of these guys in the jungle and gals <laughs> that were able to find Bull early in life. I'm very jealous of you guys because I'm looking at it now like, damn, I wasted a lot of time in the corporate, you know, rat race as a good employee thinking I was doing the right thing mm -hmm. when I should have been trying to start my own gig years ago. So anyway, that's another topic. But anyways, uh, I found bull and I started seeing all these jungle uh, animals pop up. And uh, I wanted to do goat, but goat was already <laughs> I think somebody had already gotten rooster and chicken or something. So I was like, man, I don't know what to do. So I told my wife about it. I was like, look, there's just, I told her everything about it. I was like, this is it's this weird kind of uh, like a, a, an online community and everybody's picking these animals. So I got to figure out what I'm, I think I'm going to do it. And uh, I told her, I'm thinking about doing farmer. And she's like, yeah, you got to do farmer. Like, okay. <laughs> that's what I did. And uh, the rest is history, man. It's been a fun, fun journey. I would agree with that journey part for sure. I feel like you were one of the the OGs. There were some of us back here in 2021. A lot of new kids on the block forget what it was like when Bowtie Ox had a thousand followers. Okay, I remember those days. I've been yeah. here. You were there too. You made my PFP. You made my original PFP. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I sent me that dm i saw that old pfp and i was like oh my god that thing was terrible <laughs> but it was fun yeah everybody was making these pfps and i was like i gotta figure out how to do this i've always wanted to figure out it's basically just memeing you're just cutting out yeah cutting out stuff off the background and making a new picture and uh i was like i gotta figure out how to do this i just i just love that idea so I finally figured it out and I was like, oh, I got to make. So I just started making everybody's PFP. Anybody, anytime I saw somebody new, I would be like, I would text them or DM them and be like, hey, do you want a PFP? Or I'd just make them one because they would have like, they would just have a dog. <laughs> I would just do it for them and be like, here. I don't know why, but you know, I have a day job and I bought a. <laughs> I have a lot of downtime during the day 
a lot of people don't know I have a down a, a day job, but I do. I'm not like a full time agricultural farmer, so that's why I say I'm a fake farmer. <laughs> but, um, but anyways, a lot of times I'll be at work and I have some extra time. So back whenever the jungle first started, I was like, I was on it all the time, like crazy. Me too. Now, I mean, I'm still in there a lot, and I, I tweet a lot, but I've got a lot of other stuff going on too now. So things have changed yeah and that means it's probably has worked out for you then if you have less time to spend scrolling through twitter but those <laughs> early days were really fun like all the random memes and just the initial yeah. starting of it was so bizarre but really interesting um the point you made about i wish i had found the jungle earlier everyone i talked to has said the same thing and so i think it's so true because I'm I'm sitting in my nine to five. It's my first year out of college and I'm at my job when I should be arguably the most nervous, the most concerned about impressing people, the most concerned about my performance review. And I am thinking, how do I be in the top 60%? You know, like at number 61 is what I want to yeah. be. And I don't sweat emails. I don't reread things. <laughs> they won't love to hear that, but... Yeah. I'm not sweating the small stuff. And when I'm at my job and I'm bored out of my mind or I'm just dreading the day, I am so grateful I have something that I'm working on on my own. If I did not have it, even if it was it's so much work and it's a lot of work with no progress, if I had nothing of my own to be building, it would make my day job so much worse because I would feel like I have to do this for 40 years. And now I know I don't. I don't have to do this for 40 years. So I totally agree. What a gift to get it so early in life. Yeah, it, it really opened my eyes forever. You know, you know, I'm from a different era. I'm not going to say how old I am. I'm not a boomer, but <laughs> older. I'm like a boomer to you, probably. So <laughs> and it, like getting out of college, the whole plan was always to just like I got an IRA when I was 18. And the, the yep. plan was back as much money into that and then you know you got a 401k and eventually you'll have enough and you just retire at 60 or 55 my plan was like to try to retire early like 55 mm -hmm. 55 and so you know I thought I was doing the right thing um being a good employee um going to work every day I have a strong work ethic right I'm never gonna miss work and so, I mean, I still have a, a good work ethic, but I just wish I would have like his, his whole, um, his, uh, what do you call it? His plan makes mm -hmm. so much sense because if you, if I, and another thing is I, I went into something like I, I went into engineering, which is still a good career, but, um, you know, it's not the same as sales because you can make a lot more money with a lot less effort in sales. So now yeah. I see why he why he's saying that, because most most manufacturing jobs, you know, you got to be in the plant every day because they'll tie it to supervision. You, they'll give you employees to, to supervise. So you got to be there. You could, some, you know, obviously there are some remote jobs you can get nowadays but back in the day that was mm -hmm. unheard of 
So anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is I kind of missed the boat in a few areas of my life as far as that goes. So I'm not where I want to be right now, and I'm, I'm trying to get there as soon as possible. We'll see how it all, all shapes out. But at the same time, you are one of the most successful jungle accounts in history. You've got Farmer Soap. you got Farmer Honey. You have Farmer Substack. Um, though tough to put that on Twitter after the couple of days, the ban and every all of that, but you still have a ton of audience uh, that oh, want to yeah. buy your stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's going good. Um, I'm still I'm still not content with where I am. I'm still trying to find something better. Um, you know, this is like a this is kind of like a, I guess like a hobby. It's not a hobby, like. Uh, to the IRS, you know, I don't look like a hobby, so I don't have to worry about it. But I'm saying this whole niche that I'm doing right now is kind of like small time. Mm. It People look at it like this is an Etsy, Etsy type stuff. You know, mm. this, is, this isn't like the Twitter, the cool Twitter e-com shit, you know, that everybody talks about. This is kind of... It's physical goods that I'm having to do myself and make, and it's just not very scalable at the moment. So I'm not uh, I'm not planning to to rug what I'm doing now, but I'm saying it's going to have to evolve into something else eventually for it to actually um, blow up. And so I'm I'm trying to figure out what that is. That's my that's what I'm working on right now. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the next phase to farmer yeah i'm stuck right now that that I, got- I relate to that a lot actually you know what bull says a lot is you need a business that you can sell that's how you really make money and right. so for instance what i'm doing on youtube and with a podcast you no one's gonna buy that there's there, the multiple there is more so what i have learned and being able to resell how to do this to more people. So I could coach people on how to build a YouTube channel. I could sell a course on how to start a YouTube channel. That's getting the multiple on that time. But in terms of the big multiple, which is selling the business that you've created, I don't really see that ever happening, of course. So this is like a baby step. I have my training wheels on still. Yeah. And so I totally understand yeah, what you're saying. I'm just... I'm looking at all this, like I've learned so much in the past two or three years, whatever it is, you know, it's just a, it's just a process. You got to trust the process and and trust that the right thing will happen and open up a door for you, you know, and it'll all work out. I try not to worry too much about it. It is stressful though, because I want to be like killing, you know what I'm saying? I want to be just just uh raking in the dough and uh it's just not it it is there i love my customers everybody that's listening man i love y'all i love everybody that uh uh that follows me and all my supporters but i'm just saying uh i still got to get something else going and uh, i don't know what that is yet there's so many options just trying to figure that out and it could be something in real life you know and in a local type business too, that I'm working on a few things with that as well. So there's just so many avenues. And right now I'm trying to do is just increase the amount of avenues. Right. And, uh, and just get like a lot of stuff going. But the problem with that is you run out of time. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, I got kids, I got a wife, I got a day job, I got all kind of stuff going on. So it's not easy, but we're all going to make it. I know that. <laughs> I, I know that as well. The, the one thing that I know, but um, it's a really interesting point that the jungle is almost outgrowing. So the people who have been here for two years now at this point, they're almost outgrowing their own accounts. Like there's only so big of an audience that you can make that you can sell an anonymous product to. And that's something I was talking to Gator about. Like he is so limited by the fact that he is anonymous. Um, uh, Bowtie Gator, because he's a dentist. Like um, if people knew who he was, he would have people flying in to come see him at his clinic. Uh, so he would have an, more patients for the next decade, essentially. But yeah, I think it's really interesting that people are almost like, growing so much that they are exiting out of the jungle so it's almost like its own incubator to an extent like it's teaching you the ropes it's making you learn how to do this and then you go off and do something bigger and maybe you report back later on but I, I think I'll always have my account um, but how much I am invested in my YouTube channel and my podcast will probably change of course over the over many years but I do think that's going to happen to a lot of people yeah, so that's another problem for me is this whole anonymous thing. It was very frustrating for me in the beginning because, you know, everybody's yelling like, do YouTube, do YouTube. We want to see you on the tractor just talking. And, right. and you know, I can't do that. You know, I can't. I mean, yeah, I can't. So one thing I, I'm interested in in how you make your, your videos, you mm -hmm. know, because Cause that would be kind of cool to do like a, a cartoon type thing of some, some farming videos. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know yet how to go about YouTube. So I haven't really gotten too far into it, but YouTube is a huge moneymaker for all these homestead accounts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I just can't do the um, typical usual homestead type content on YouTube since I'm trying to be anonymous and I can't show my face. So right. if I could show my face, it would make everything so much easier. <laughs> so just trying to figure that out is hard and yeah, you got to stay anonymous. So it's, it's teaching me a lot as far as like, you can still grow with and be anonymous, you know, I mean, it's possible. But yeah. I, uh, the homesteading accounts are huge on YouTube, and there's actually one who DM'd me a couple months ago, Daily Chicken Update. I don't know if you've seen him. He posts a video every single day around three or four minutes long of his chickens, essentially, and it was growing. Like, he was getting lots of views. Like, people love that type of content, and if you do it right, I think it totally could blow up on YouTube. And I think you could do it without showing your face, but you could have your voice in the background. So you could do, um, I would do like shots of the farm and all the animals and explaining like what you're doing with them without showing your face. And then you talk over it and you crack jokes and you just show your personality through a voiceover. I think that would totally work. Yeah. The, the cartoon aspect, though it would be cute, is way more time consuming than you would anticipate. And I don't think you need to do it with the kind of content that you have because you have a cool cow to look at you have goats you have chickens you have cute things to take videos of i don't think you need to draw or animate a bunch of art essentially uh to do that i would just take a video of the actual animals yeah yeah no doubt i was i was maybe kind of talking about 
um, more informational type stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that that's true. So another problem that I have that nobody knows is, is I live not very far from the city. Mm. You know, my internet fucking sucks. <laughs> and it makes me so mad. Like it takes me... I, you, you were trying to meet with me just a minute ago and I was trying to upload a video to Google and my upload speed. I don't even want to tell y'all because it's embarrassing. <laughs> even cell service for some reason here, my, 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 uh, wireless speed is not that great. So anyway, that's another issue. Everybody says Starlink, bro, Starlink, but it's not available here. So, and then plus it's like a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I could do that, but that's not ideal. <laughs> totally. So, that's another thing that's kind of holding me back. I could still upload the videos, but I, I just wouldn't be able to do it from my house. I'd have to make them and go to work and do it or something. But right. yeah, it's on the list. I'm yeah. Definitely do something like that. I underestimated the total time to edit and process and upload totally. Like for long videos, it can take an hour to, to render the video and then an hour to upload it to YouTube. So you have to factor that into the timing. It definitely adds up. Um, oh, yeah. And also just like thinking of titles, which you would not think would take very long, can take a very long time. Thumbnails should take a lot of time. It is the most important thing that you're doing. So those things I did not anticipate when I started either. But um. Maybe we could talk about your existing businesses, though, like Farmer Honey and Farmer Soap. How did you come up with the ideas for those? And what has been some of the, the trickier parts of running those businesses? Uh, so, yeah, we got into honeybees about six years ago. My wife is an animal lover. Mm -hmm. And so she wants, she's, she's obsessed with bees. And uh, I never knew that. You know, just one day she sent me a text and said, I think I want to get honeybees. And I'm like, ha, 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 okay. <laughs> and sure enough, like, uh, she found this, uh, she found the club in our area. And then she found this mentor. He's an old man. He's been doing it for 30 years. And he showed her everything, how to do it. And next thing I know, we got three hives and we're <laughs> extracting honey. And putting it into jars. And so she did it for maybe one, maybe three years. I was just like the laborer. That's all I ever am, really. <laughs> I just heavy stuff and do and, and figure out logistics. Like, okay, you need this, you need this, let's set this up and all that. So that's all I did for, you know, the first three years. And then fast forward into the jungle, I started figuring I need something to sell I need something to sell I need something to sell and it's hard to find stuff that it's is cheap that you can actually make a little bit of money on mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So instead of like trying to find something weird from China I was like well I got all this honey maybe I could just sell that and so that's what we started doing actually I think the first thing we did was soap so before that my wife was making soap for you know Friends, family, I think she had a little Etsy store. And so I just got her to make me two bars that said uh, Banks or Zeros. Mm -hmm. We had a, a little stamp made. 
and I just started selling that on Gumroad, and it worked out pretty good. And so then I added the honey, and now I got my labels. I got the I got everything set up. I've I've pretty much figured out how to do everything the best way that I know how. I've learned a lot, so much, so much. It's crazy. At, at the beginning, I was using the USPS, uh, the Postal Service <laughs> website, to enter every order. And I was printing them out on, uh, I think, paper and cutting them out and, and taping it to the box and going up to the post and handing it to the lady that hates my guts. <laughs> Every so now we've kind of streamlined that operation and you don't have to do that anymore. They, they'll actually come pick them up. So we've, we've learned a whole lot. And so the, the honeybees, I started, whenever I started selling it to the jungle, I started realizing, hey, this is cool. So I kind of started getting more hands-on with the bees. And so now I, I have a beekeeping suit, and I actually know what's going on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I like it, though. It's fun. They're out there right now working. You know, they're probably bringing in pollen and making honey right now and I don't have to tell them what to do so it's kind of passive income even though <laughs> <laughs> um I I'm really new to this as the space so first is if you're wearing the beekeeper suit are you completely protected from being stung yeah well you gotta have a, a suit and you gotta have some gloves mm -hmm. and you have some shoes like preferably preferably some boots and you, you stick your, your pants down into those boots because they'll, they'll find an opening. Like if you don't have uh, like your, the gloves that you can pull the gloves, they're long gloves and you pull them up over your sleeves. And so if, if there's any cracks and, and the, the gloves have elastic around them. And so it holds real tight to your arms. Mm -hmm. They'll find any crack and get in there i i wear jeans i just wear jeans and boots and i have a jacket that goes over that and it has elastic around the bottom of the jacket so it pulls real tight to your pants and uh every now and then those bees i'll feel them in my pants somehow they get under my boot uh under my pant leg at my boot and uh, i've been stung a few times but usually usually we don't have any problems okay and so, again, totally new. If a bee was in the wild and was in their hive and they made a bunch of honey and it wasn't being taken away, would they keep making honey? Do you understand the question I'm asking? Like, Yeah, so what we do, what we're doing is we're trying to recreate their hive in an environment where we can easily harvest it. Right. So their job on Earth is to not die. So... <laughs> take honey just for food for them to eat over the winter time oh in the winter time you know the plants all die and they can't make uh they can't get nectar and so they store up this honey to eat over the winter time and there's no shutoff valve for them they'll make as much honey they'll just keep going and going and going like they don't stop mm. So what we do is we start putting these boxes on top of their hive that have the frames that they put honey in. And so they'll fill up one. You go out there and you see it's full. You give them another one. 
and they fill that one up and you just keep stacking them on top. So some, some hives will have five honey boxes stacked on top of each other and they'll fill every one of them up. And if you don't take it at the end of the summer, it'll just sit there and they'll use some of it, but they can't eat all of it. Right. So it'll either go, you know, it doesn't, honey doesn't necessarily go bad, but if it's in an environment where it has moisture in it, it will kind of spoil. So what I'm saying is eventually that honey will go bad if you don't take it. So mm. we're not, we're, we're not being mean to the honeybees by taking that honey i mean yeah they're mad about it they don't want us to take it but it's gonna go you know they can't use all that honey so we right. take and 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 harvest it and we leave them plenty at the end of the summer for them to eat over the winter got it okay that was my question i was just a little bit confused about that that makes a total sense then yeah that's how it works I know that uh, your wife was really interested in all the animals now. And so that's how you started building up your farm. But how big is it now? How many animals do you have and what kinds? Uh, so, you know, we started out with, I think, I think we started out with goats. So we've, we've been in goats for a long time. And then uh, maybe three or four years ago, we started getting these dairy goats. They're called La Manchas. They have small gopher ears. They don't have the big long ears that, most goats typically have for some reason they're common in our area you know so a lot of people have them and uh so we we got a few of those and we tried some of the milk i tried some before i was like i don't really know if i want to drink goat's milk that sounds pretty gross Mm. but we had this one dairy goat and dude the milk was so good it was delicious i fell in love with it i was like wow this is this is good so we got a good source of raw milk. And so we were like, well, let's just start going with this and we can maybe sell the babies and, and it'll all be good. One problem is that we've recently realized we've always known, but we've kind of finally realized that it's not working is these goats in the, in the wintertime, there's a lot of rain here. And so the fields get real wet and Mm -hmm. it seems like, Every winter, our goats kind of, they end up getting sick. Not not sick, and it's not from um, poor care. It's just, it happens. And so you have to give them some medicine, and you have to baby them, and then they get better. But it's just very stressful. It, mm. it causes a lot of extra work, and you have to deal with it. So recently, my wife, I came home one day, and she was like, I think I'm wanting to get rid of the goats. I was like, for real? And she said, yeah. She's, and, and so whenever she says that, whenever she makes up her mind, I'm not going to bite her on it. I'm like, okay, whatever. That's cool. So anyways, long story short, we've actually just sold all our goats. We had eight uh, about a month ago. They're all gone. They went to a beautiful farm not far away from us. They're going to be happy. They're going to live out their lives. And so right now all we have is two cows. I like the cows because they are a lot less maintenance. Um, They're in a field at the top of a hill, so it's not wet and Mm. they aren't getting sick. And so the plan is with them is I'll grow them for a year or two and then take them to a place to be processed. And Mm -hmm. that'll be food for my family. I have two of them. So the other one, I might try to sell the meat and, and see how that goes. 
So they're not really pets. They're just kind of up there on the hill. You know, we see them, we love them, but we don't necessarily get out there and pet them too much. Got it. And then uh, also, we've always had chickens. They're they're pretty easy. And you just go out there and feed them. We have waterers for them, and so we always had chickens. So anyway, we've kind of expanded on the chicken herd. We we probably got fifty now. So we're getting like eighteen eggs a day. We're selling those to our friends around the house, around our house, you know, in the neighborhood. It's not a lot of money, but you know, it pays for our milk. We have a lady down the road that has a a, a milk cow. And she's selling gallons of milk for $10 a gallon. So we use our egg money to buy milk. Uh-huh. And it works out good. And once you start drinking raw cow's milk, it you won't want to drink that um, the stuff at the grocery store anymore. So that's where I am now. I'm like, well, we got we to gotta have this raw milk. It's so good. <laughs> I, I don't want a dairy cow. It's just so much work. That was another thing with the with the dairy goats. You know, you start getting uh, a dairy goat that's in milk. She has to be milked twice a day. Wow! So you got to go out there and and milk this goat twice a day. And if you have more than one, you got to milk two goats twice a day. So you can just think of all the work that that requires. Then you got to put it in a jar, and uh, it's just a lot of work. So we we got out of those so so that we can focus more on the family. And um, just ease ease a little bit of the burden around here for my wife. Focus on other things. Um, So, yeah, the cows, the chickens. We got a dog that stays outside, a guardian dog, Mm. and keeps the chickens safe. So I don't have to worry about any chicken. You know, you don't have to worry about raccoons getting your chickens or anything. That's a big problem for chickens. When people are getting into raising chickens, Mm -hmm. Usually after about a year, they'll they'll have something come in and kill their chickens or kill a few of them. Mm-hmm. It's very depressing. It's sad. You got to protect your chickens. So you can either keep them inside of a, a fenced area or you can get you a dog. Usually a dog will keep most predators at bay, but the, the dog has to stay outside all the time. So she's a working dog. What's She's not that allowed. breed? It's a uh, Great Pyrenees. Oh, big cool. old, white, beautiful dog. I love them. That's my favorite dog in the world. She's so sweet. And she has to be outside, so she's just guarding the chickens all the time. Yeah, she just hangs out. And she was she protected the goats too. Whenever we sold all the goats, she was just like totally confused. She was like, "What is going on?" She kept coming <laughs> to my my front porch, like. Where, what did you do with all my goats? Where are they? <laughs> but, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's in their blood. You know, you don't even have to train them. I just bought her as a puppy and she's like the best guardian dog you've ever seen. She just hangs out with the animals. She's just always out there just watching. Like if a bird goes overhead, she's like looking up, barking at it. Have you ever oh. seen a dog? Most dogs don't really pay attention to birds. Yeah. But these dogs are are very uh, observant, so it's pretty cool. I think um, chickens are the first thing that people want to get into, and I know in my experience, it's the number one thing I want to get into a a garden, and then chickens for that supply of eggs, as you were describing. So you need 
how much space do I need for the chickens? Well, you know, if you got six chickens, you're going to get maybe two eggs a day. Mm -hmm. So it depends on how many you want to eat. You know, if you want five eggs a day, you're probably going to need 10 or 12 chickens, to be honest. That sounds like a lot of chickens to me. It is. It yeah. is for I mean, just getting started. So the best bet is just to get maybe six. Um, you're going to want to get like a, it's a coop and it has a run attached to it. Mm. They sleep in the coop up off the ground. It's like a little house for them to get in. And then they come out in the morning and they walk down and it's just a small area that's um, caged in and they can't, they can't get out. Mm -hmm. That whole thing is maybe 10 square feet. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Three feet by five feet. So it's like 15 square feet. You don't need a lot of room. Problem with that is they're not going to be able to free range. They're going to be stuck in this little cage all the time so you're gonna have to feed them and so they just get a little bit more needy like ours are free range they just walk around they're everywhere just wherever they want to go and they're finding bugs and scratching around in the dirt and so they're finding stuff to eat on their own we supplement them in the morning but as far as like you don't necessarily have to feed them constantly so anyway, all I'm saying is uh, it's just going to require a little bit more upkeep from you. Right. It doesn't require space. And even if you have a chicken coop, you need a guard dog. Uh, no, I mean, so what happens is they'll, the, the raccoon or the fox or whatever will dig up under there and get in. Like eventually they'll figure out how to get in that, in that coop and get mm -hmm. some of your chicken. Or one night you might forget. So every night, you, well, you're going to keep yours closed in all the time. So never mind. I was saying for ours, we would let them out in the morning. And then at nighttime, when they go back in, we'd have to go out there and shut the door behind them. Hmm. But if you're in a backyard situation, you're probably just going to leave them in there the whole time. So uh, so basically, yeah, the, the raccoons and the foxes are going to realize you have chickens and then they're going to start kind of scoping it out. And eventually something's going to happen where maybe they get in that door or something. So what you do is a dog barking will just scare predators away. Mm -hmm. um, but you, most people don't leave their dog outside all night. So the predators figure out okay, there is a dog there, but at nighttime, he's not. So mm -hmm. it's just very hard to protect them. It's just, it's part of life. It's just, it's going to happen. You just got, you know, there's not much you can do about it, basically, is what I'm saying. You're going to lose from some birds sometimes. Even I, I lose birds sometimes, but it's not very often. Yeah, and you have 50. That seems like a horde of chickens. Yeah. They're, they're far away from the house, or how close are they to your house? Uh, they're about 50 yards. Okay. So there's some space. They're not a problem. Yeah. I mean, you don't tell them or anything. They're not too bad. They got a big old house that I built them and they go up in there and settle down. So for you, what I would say is I would, I would get like a coop. Um, and then you're going to kind of want to be able to move it around because, you know, they're in there all day. They're going to be pooping. Mm -hmm. 
that area is going to get really gross. So you can get some that are movable and you just pull it around your yard maybe every other day, move it. And uh, that, that's really nice. That's mm -hmm. what you want. Okay. So pick me up whenever you're ready to get into them, we'll figure it out. Yeah, perfect. Once I get out of this godforsaken city, as I call it, but definitely mm -hmm. want a source of eggs for sure. Um, another yeah. question I had about the goats and the dairy uh, the dairy cow, you're not concerned at all about raw milk. I was talking to the uh, milkmaid about this, and she was saying that, you know, it can get dirty like any other food, but there's nothing inherently evil chemically about raw milk that we can't drink it. So should I be scared about drinking raw milk from the nice lady down the street that's selling it to me? I mean, I would go and look at her facility. Okay. Definitely. It's, it's just like at, at a restaurant, man. I mean, you can get sick at a restaurant if, if they're not following, uh, was it serve safe practices? Yeah. And they're touching your lettuce with dirty hands. You can get sick. So it's the same way with, uh, with raw milk, you know, you're, you're down there and you're, you're milking this cow and they're pooping right there. Right. You know, you can't stop a cow from pooping. So you just got to know what's going on at that facility. And if it's, if it looks like it's run down and it's a shitty place, I wouldn't buy my milk from there. I know where I'm getting my milk from. You know, she knows what she's doing. She's got a nice little area and she brings the milk into a, um, to a closed in area and she's got an ice machine and she ices that milk down immediately and uh, she's doing it by the book, so I don't have a problem with it. But, yeah, milk can make you sick. So, yeah, you definitely want to know where you're getting it from. Got it. That's all. Got it. Just go check it out. Yeah. If it, if it looks like a place that you would eat at, you know, like if, if you wouldn't mind sitting down and eating some food that they cooked, then you're probably good. But if it looks pretty gross and you're like, ooh, this place is disgusting then nah, i wouldn't wouldn't buy their milk <laughs> that's similar to what milkmaid was telling me makes a lot of sense um mm. again hopefully i'll be able to source some of that in the future um the other thing i want is a garden so mm -hmm. imagine i have you know a nice house in the suburbs now with a decent sized backyard what should i get myself rigged up with what vegetables should i start with all those kinds of questions Man, I, I've been thinking about this a whole lot because I've been writing about gardening for a long time. It's kind of one of, one of the things that I'm, I really like to do. So I write about it in my sub stack a lot. But I know that a lot of the people in the jungle aren't really into gardening. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they're not going to do it the way I'm doing. So I've been trying to figure out, like, for a while I was trying to figure out the um vertical farming mm -hmm. might be into that where you have like an indoor setup with artificial lights that are on timers and all kind of crazy stuff but i just don't know a lot about that um black flag was gonna write me up some stuff on it but i don't know exactly where he is right mm. he hadn't, hadn't been around for a while so anyway long story short i wrote an article last week and it's kind of got some uh some stuff you need to buy, you know, it's not going to be free, but, um, 
I think these products would actually work. So I wrote about them and I have links to buy them and, and everything. So it's basically like a mat that you would go in your backyard. You would prepare the soil. You would maybe kill some of the grass and uh, maybe work some of that dirt up a little bit. And then you put this mat down and it's going to keep the weeds from growing up. And it has little slits in it where you can plant the, um, the crops and they come up through that mat. Mm. It also, also has like an, uh, some, some water lines that go down where the crops are down that mat and you hook it up to your garden hose and they'll automatically water them right there plant is because another another problem is you got to water these plants you know and it's it's work you got to get out there and you got to spray them every day so this thing makes it a little bit easier Mm and um if i had a if i had a back if i had like a suburban type house i would definitely have this thing that's what i would do yeah and how Uh, much is that gonna cost me uh, I think the mat was like one thirty. Oh, and, okay. Uh, all in all, you're like two hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably, probably set it up in a weekend with your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it even, I even have the a little garden seed collection that they're selling, mm-hmm. and it's a nice little collection of you know all the all the most popular crops. You know, like tomatoes cucumbers i think it had corn in there and a few others yeah really all you need that's what i would do yeah i think that's very much in line with what is possible and feasible for me my mom has a really cute herb garden in her windowsill so she's got basil and rosemary and thyme growing i also think i might have one of those and she has that indoors too in the kitchen so that's another easy one yeah, that's really cool too. The herbs are always really fun to have. My problem is there's just so many of them. So yeah. I'm like all of them. <laughs> and you can't <laughs> so you just end up with too much. So, but the biggest problem with gardening is keeping the weeds down. Mm-hmm. This, thing, this thing will keep them down and it, it'll make you it'll make everything look good like for Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I know exactly what you're saying. With the least amount of work, I right. think. So I think it's pretty cool. I, I want to buy one and do it and maybe do a video on it or something. But I just got so much other stuff going on. I don't necessarily have time for it. But yeah. it's on the list. Oh, I have one of those lists too. <laughs> <laughs> of things that would be great to, to eventually do. So yeah. you said that... You had this land in your family, but you guys weren't farmers and you started farming with your wife, you know, years later when you moved onto this land. Is that true? So no one else was a farmer, really? No. Well, you know, uh, this land has been in our family for a very long time. And yeah, they, they used to farm the heck out of it. Mm. They They did all kind of stuff, but I didn't really... I wasn't around by the time I got around, they were kind of turning all that off. Like there was an old barn in this location and that thing got demolished and uh, they sold the big old tractor they had. So it was on the, it was on the outs whenever I was born. I see. I see. But uh, my grandpa on the other side, on my 
my mom's side. He he had a big backyard garden. He's basically what I'm doing now. Mm. Not like huge acres and acres of, of farming, you know, just a, a big back. He was like a, a depression era type guy. So, oh, wow. you know, he had fruit trees and he had a big backyard garden and he was always, you know, trying to stack up as many sources of food as he could get. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm doing. And I can imagine it's a great thing to do with the kids. Oh yeah. They, they love it. It's so much fun and they're actually good health. You know, yeah. I can tell get me like, go get me that shovel or, you know, run out there and get me something. And it really helps out and they enjoy it. You know, we go out there and we'll plant all the seeds and mm-hmm. water them. And, uh, I'm teaching them some, some cool stuff, even though they don't necessarily understand it right now. I think eventually, whenever they get older, they'll probably end up kind of like me. Like, well, my grandpa used to have a big garden. So, you know, it, it's kind of why I'm doing it now. Right. So plant that seed with me. So it's pretty cool. And my kids, they go out and get all the eggs every morning. They get to pick up chickens and I think it's a good, good life for them. They got a good life. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's, you're outside, you're not on your phone. Yeah, yeah, it is. And how did you meet uh, Miss Farmer? Uh, whenever I was in college, I was attending a college that was near where she is from. And uh, I was actually, I met her older brother maybe a year before I met her. And so I was best friends with her older brother. Mm. And one night we were going out to a bar and uh, I don't think I had a car at the time. And he said, I'm going to send my sister to come pick you up because I'm already there. I was like, okay, whatever. And so she picked me up and that was history. <laughs> oh, that's pretty sweet. So, um, so yeah, we've been together for 15 years. And you had, you used to have eight goats, 50 chickens, two cows, and a dog together now (laughs) by her design. (laughs) Yeah, it's a cool story we wrote. Yeah, very admirable. Um, This has been so much fun to talk about all the farming stuff, which is, you know, something I think a lot of people are aspiring to get more into, especially as the world crumbles around us Um, and just to be more resilient and have your own little patch of land in the world that's what i'm after so i'm definitely trying to mimic a lot of what you guys have done and it's so cool that your family is on the internet and you get to see the cows and i don't know it's just a very good vibe on the internet yeah thank you thank you you'll get there commoner don't worry (laughs) my little patch of land yeah it's all gonna work out yeah um One other thing that you are very open and honest about on Twitter as well is um, your past with addiction and your space is called The Way, where you kind of help people and you discuss your past experiences. So maybe if you could just give, you know, your brief story about that or anything you'd like to say um, that would maybe help people listening. Yeah, I actually uh, wrote up a brief history of my background and it's on my Substack. Um, called addiction, I think addiction and recovery, maybe. Anyways, um, yeah, I grew up with an older brother that was like 
hell. He he was like a little devil. I don't know why, but like we were drinking and smoking when we were like I don't know when I was twelve. Mm. You know, I don't know why, but that was just what he always wanted to do. So he he was kind of a bad role model on me. And uh, later on in life, it just started to catch up. It just started to catch up with me. You know, like um, I developed a pretty strong alcohol addiction in college, made it out of college somehow. And later on in the workforce, uh, I just started having problems at work, you know, because I was like half hungover, half tired, Mm -hmm. bad mood. And uh, I would just kind of, you know, rub people the wrong way. Let's say that. And they would go and tell, I was a supervisor. So Mm -hmm. I was in charge running people and so I was just never having the best of luck as far as my day-to-day dealings with people sometimes were good sometimes were bad and uh finally a lady that I was working for she realized what was going on and uh she basically told me if you don't go get treatment we're gonna fire you I was like okay And anyway, so I went and I finally did it. You know, usually I would have been like, okay, fire me. I'll just find another job. Mm -hmm. But this time I kind of like took it seriously and uh, I went and got help. And I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about addiction, about why people drink too much. And and I've learned a lot about that whole, the whole world as far as that goes. Anyway, so I've, I'm clean. I haven't had a drink in eight years. Wow. You know, after drinking maybe 20 years, 15 years. I don't know. I'll have to add it all up. But anyway, <laughs> my, most of my adult life I was drinking. And uh, anyway, so now I'm trying to just kind of help these people out because I know what it's like. I know, like, after a big holiday, there's a lot of people waking up, hungover, feel like shit, um, not happy with themselves. That's the biggest problem is you're just, you feel guilty. You know, you you did something the night before you probably shouldn't have. You feel bad about it. And so then you start drinking again to cover Mm. up that. And it's just a vicious cycle. So I, I feel like it's kind of... I owe it to other people to try to help them out if I can. And uh, so I started having that way space. I haven't done it in a while, um, but I'll probably try to start doing them again. So every Wednesday night, we'll try to have a, an hour long spaces where people can talk about anything they're struggling with. Um, weed, alcohol, drugs, mm-hmm any type of addiction really like pornography anything we'll talk about it and try to get them help but uh it's been pretty powerful you know there's a lot of people in the jungle that have reached out to me and talked about some stuff they're going through and um you don't have to live like that you know some people can go to the bar and just have a drink and go home but some people can't do that like me if i had one drink I'd have another one and then I'd have another one Mm. and then I'd leave the bar and I'd go get some more because I just have an addictive personality. That's just how I am. Even with gardening, 
like if I go and harvest a bunch of beans that I just uh, harvested in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, I need to plant more of these. <laughs> I don't know. Why. I don't know why. I'm like, I need more of these. And then my wife's like, no, we don't really, we don't really need more. <laughs> <laughs> how would you so say, anyway. yeah. How would you say that someone would know that they are struggling with that? Because a lot of what you're describing is the traditional American college experience. So how do you know that it's too much for you? Exactly. It's all, it's all a psyop. It was all a psyop because you go to college and it's what everybody's doing. You're weird if you don't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So the problem is whenever the party's over, what's going on? Are you still looking for another party? <laughs> you know, like, are you going to go home? That's kind of what it is. So eventually all your friends that were in college, they move on, you know, and they, they, they quit drinking. It was fun at the time, but now they've moved on and they, they don't drink as much anymore. But some people still try to keep it going and they're still every day getting drunk. And those people know they either know they have a problem deep down and they just can't admit it. Or two, if you really don't know, you just need to ask yourself, you know, are you getting in trouble? Are you getting DUIs? Are you almost wrecking? Or did you almost kill somebody last night? Did you almost like, is your wife telling you that if you don't quit drinking, she's going to leave you? Uh, is your is your boss at work telling you that if, if you don't make it to work, if you don't, if you're late again, you know, you're going to get in trouble. Anytime you're getting in trouble in life, it's, it's usually because of something you're doing. And especially if you're drinking alcohol every day, if you have a problem with drugs, it's going to cause real problems in life. And that's how you know. Another way you can know is you can try to quit, like just say, mm -hmm. I'm not going to for a week. And if you can't, then you most likely have a problem. Mm -hmm. Another way is people that have problems will be like, okay, tonight I'm only going to have three drinks when I go out. And then they end up getting sloshed. Yeah. If that's you, you got a problem. That's you got an alcohol. You're an alcoholic. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. So they basically describe alcoholism as it's a it's a disease it's not really a disease like most diseases like cancer but it, it's a lot like it you have a problem something in your brain is making you drink too much or do this drug too much you can't quit it and so you have to be cured of that problem to stop it you can't stop it on your own just like mm. with you know, some people think that they can cure cancer. Maybe they can. But for the most part, you know, you can't cure a disease on your own. You got to actually seek out help and you have to do something about it. So basically, that's what happens. You know, you, you have to finally realize, OK, I do have a problem. You have to admit that. And then you have to figure out what you're going to do about it from there. That's how you get. That's how you get off the bottle. Yeah. I, I just ask because it is unhealthy American college. What we in, expect as normal is really unhealthy. And I can just describe my experience with it. Uh, I was sent home for COVID my year. And so when we came back our year, people went nuts because they had just spent 
so much time inside. And I had actually lost a lot of weight over COVID. And mm -hmm. I couldn't drink the same way that I used to because I would literally black out because mm -hmm. I couldn't drink the same amount. And it was really scary. The first night of that happened, I was like, well, I didn't even drink that much. And I completely blacked out. I don't remember any of that because I had lost so much weight. And then there was one night where, and it's really stupid saying it back now, but it was a night where Joe Biden was declared the president. Um, and yeah. so Trump, Trump had been winning the whole week. And then all this crazy stuff happened. And Joe Biden's the president. And I had this mm -hmm. party to go to at night, which I wasn't supposed to go to because it was COVID, but whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was going to this party and I knew I was going to get so much shit from all these girls that I was the one Trump supporter in the room and they were just going to give me this smug look and gloat. And I also felt like I've been trapped in my house for a year. They stole the election. Like democracy is not even real. So I was on a whirlwind. And that was the only night in my entire life where I was like, I don't want to be here right now. And not like suicidal or anything, but just like, I don't want to have to get through these next few hours. So I'm going to drink. And then I can really just let yeah. loose. And I got sick. It was like the first night in my entire life I got sick from drinking. And I was so embarrassed. And that mm. after that night, I have not drunk like that since. It was it was just you know, that it, I was like, this is I understand why this is such a powerful thing. And I don't want to mess with this anymore. And so yeah. I have not drunk to get drunk since I'll have a drink when I'm out. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, it's super unhealthy. I mean, it, you're basically drinking poison. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> And there's no other way to describe it. Like, you wouldn't give alcohol to an animal. You wouldn't give alcohol to a baby. You know, there's something up with it. <laughs> yeah. And especially, like, hard liquor. I mean, that shit is bad for you. Oh, my God. And yeah. especially beer. There's no telling where this beer is, uh, you know, the wheat that they're using. It's probably riddled with pesticides. And, uh, you know, if you want to talk about pesticides in your food just think about what they're doing in the beer Who knows? <laughs> but yeah that's what i'm doing and uh good for you to realize that that was not a good move and and uh luckily you were able to stop drinking and it's not a problem for you anymore yeah but there's many people out there that you were that you went to school with that are struggling right now with it it's very common yeah and especially if we're fresh out of college when your first job sucks and the only thing you are looking forward to is happy hour on Friday <laughs> and you get yeah. on the hamster wheel. I think happy hour is a key contributor to being stuck in the rat race because it wastes your time and it makes you hungover for the next day. And you're with people you don't even like most of the time. It's not even fun. But um, yeah, people who are just looking forward to 4.30 p.m., that's, you don't want to be that person. Yeah, some people will um, DM me and they're trying to figure out how to quit or whatever. And I'm just like, just think of all the money you're going to save. Yeah. About all the time you're going to save. I spent, you know, if I added it all up, there's no telling how many how many hours I, I wasted just, you know, after on sitting on a couch or whatever I was doing. Who knows? And uh, it's very sad, you know. So I'm trying to help others not go down that same road. Luckily, yeah. I, luckily we made it and we're all right. Yeah. But there's many people out here that didn't make it. 
they're either still struggling or they they're dead or they're in jail. <laughs> it's yeah. like three. Yeah. So. I also think that the the tide is turning though, like <laughs> you know, egg drinking bodybuilders aren't drinking any alcohol anymore. They're, you know, looks maxing. It's kind of phasing out. People are drinking this non-alcoholic beer now. I drink that at happy hours so people don't bother me about it. It's really helpful for work to be honest. Tastes just That's like a Heineken. Um yeah, but I think the tide is turning. I think it's becoming less cool. I think. Uh maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can I don't know if I agree with that. Because yeah. you know, maybe in certain areas or on Twitter it appears that way, but man, you just don't know. There's a lot of people out there that are uh you know, struggling. Shoot. Yeah. But I hope it is. I mean, I, I hope it is. Don't get me wrong. And with the, the non-alcoholic beer, I've never even really tried that. A lot of people will try to use that as a crutch to to quit. And I kind of advise against it. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm just saying you're you're kind of replacing something with something else. Yeah. You really want to try to figure out what what is making you drink. Like, is it, you know, past guilt or is it something that happened to you, some trauma in your life, you know, you, you got to really find what that is and try to deal with it instead of just filling the hole with something else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's also next, bad for your health. So many calories. Bad. Yeah. Now you're slugging this other beer that yeah. no, doesn't have alcohol in it, but it still costs a lot of money and it's still, you know, you're just chugging calories and uh it's just not normal <laughs> but yeah as far as like going out to a, if i were to go to a, a a party or something or a bar or, or if i had to go to some gathering i'm just gonna get like a tumbler with with diet coke yeah and you know just say it's a crown and coke fuck off yeah so that's what i would do but yeah you can do a, a non-alcoholic beer too i kind of want one now that you mentioned it, it tastes <laughs> just like <laughs> I don't even like Heineken. That's the only one I've had, but it was fine. Um, hmm. But yeah, it was just good to keep people from asking, like, why aren't you? Right. I do a lot of sparkling water. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand completely. People are assholes, and they're gonna be like, "Why aren't you? Why aren't you drinking?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What would you say to someone who has someone that is their close friend or that is their loved one who is struggling and they need? Like they want to help them. I just say pray for them. You know, that's all you can do is pray for them because usually whenever you try to tell them to do something, they're not going to do it. Um, <clears throat> pray and maybe reach out to a church or maybe if you if you know some type of counselor, uh, if you can find somebody that has some addiction related therapy background. You know, maybe see if they'll go eat with them one day. Have, um, if you know anybody else that has gotten clean, you know, maybe try to get them to cross paths somehow. Um, you know, they can DM me. Maybe I, I don't know. There's, yeah. it's it's not easy. You know, and and the sad truth is, a lot of times it it never works. You know, I thank God every day that I actually agreed to to get help because 
back then I was a fucking asshole. And usually I didn't, you know, I don't know what happened that day. I think God just changed my heart and he, he allowed me to accept help. But there's some people that go to rehab three, four, five, six times. And uh, they just never can get it. Some people just don't get it. You know, just like some people don't get over cancer. Some people do. It's just, it's just the way life is. So there's no easy answer to it at all. Yeah. And a lot of, I'll I'll be honest, man, a lot of it is uh, spiritual. A lot of the, uh, the curing or the being able to get clean is spiritual, I think. So that's why I say pray. Um, it doesn't have to be to a certain God or I'm not saying you have to pray to anything. I'm just saying, I think it's a spiritual thing. So if you are a prayer, I would definitely say, start praying for that person that a higher power will change their mind and, uh, help them to seek help. Yeah. It's very deep. Yeah. Sometimes it happens here on common sense. But <laughs> um well, I think with that, I think we'll we'll cut it here. It's been a great okay. conversation, Mr. Farmer. Thank you so uh, yeah. much for coming on. Where would you like to direct people listening now to find more of your stuff? Uh just go to my website, bowtiefarmer.com. And uh if you find any of those items in there, uh useful or if you're interested please make a purchase i appreciate your support and you can sign up for my sub stack there's a link on the website and uh i try to send out a weekly newsletter just to say what's up or talk about something new that i learned or what's going on here at the farm and uh come hang out with me on twitter Mm all righty thank you so much for coming on have a great rest of your night Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Common Sense. If you liked the conversation, please consider hitting that follow button on Spotify. Oh, and tell everyone you've ever met to do the same. And while you're feeling generous, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel? I promise I've ridiculed at least one of the identity groups you dislike. You have a great day now.